On this episode, actor Justin Kuslin. I met Justin on the set of Chicago PD, a role which he'd booked from a self-taped audition and which airs tomorrow night, January 20th on NBC. I later found out that he booked multiple roles in this same way, including a role on The Walking Dead and a recurring role on my favorite Netflix show, Bloodline. I was fascinated and I told him I needed to have him on my podcast. If you'd like to see a picture of Justin's home auditioning setup, as well as links to purchase the materials for yourself, go to my website, lee, that's L-E-I-G-H, dash foster.com, and click on the Action Podcast link. This podcast is brought to you by the 5-Minute Journal, the simplest, most effective way to be happier every day. I know many of you are having trouble finding the link to buy one, so I made it easier. Just go to lee-foster.com slash journal. Enjoy this episode. The first thing I ever did was respond to a Facebook message about an upcoming Marvel film down in Miami. And it's uh, Iron Man 3. So I, being ignorant to the business, jumped in my car, drove to Miami and auditioned to drive all the way back to Tampa to drive all the way back, of course, sitting, and then to drive all the way back to work. Now, keep in mind, I didn't get paid for the fittings. I didn't get paid for the audition. I drove myself all the way down. And then when I got to Miami for the shooting, there was no hotel either. I kind of had a, kind of was given the runaround by the quote-unquote agent, the rep I had at the time. Yeah. It was a feature spot. So it was like, I think it was 150 a day, I think. I was there for four days. And I'm in my early 20s. It was 2013. So I stayed in my car. Slept in my car at the hospital, at Miami Dade Hospital, top parking garage, had a good little skyline. I just didn't have the money for a hotel and it wasn't paying anything. And I couldn't drive all the way down there and not come back with anything, you know? I'm not here to get on TV. We're here to pay bills, you know? That was the first gig I had, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, after that, I did some short films. I did a lot of student films, just trying to get a, to create a demo reel. And then after that, I booked a show called Finding Carter and uh, went to Atlanta, worked on Finding Carter. Great show, great great crew, great great production. And then after Finding Carter, I uh, after that was Walking Dead. And mm-hmm. then after that, I went down to Bloodline, been on Bloodline, and then I got a call for Chicago PD. And are you, you're, are you, where are you right now? Are you in, uh, what state are you in? Me? I'm in, I'm in Tampa, Florida right now. Are you, and are you currently filming Bloodline? That's all done. That's done now. <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah, but that was, that was my conflict with the original bit on Chicago. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if I'm going back or what the deal is with that. You had a recurring character on Bloodline, or was it just like one episode, or what was it? No, it's it's a recurring. Um, I I can't really give too much on it, but uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's a he's a yeah. cool character. Something different than I've done. I've done usually get set with the beard and the with the man bar. I usually get some bad guy roles, but so um, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on this podcast is uh. Like I said, we, we met on the set of Chicago PD, and uh, we don't really know each other. We just talked briefly in the car on the way back to our uh, – in the, in the van on the way back to our cars after it was done. 
And uh, you were talking about the stuff that you booked, and what I found was that was super interesting is that you're you live in Detroit, is that right? Um, I live both in Detroit and in Tampa. Okay, and you're yeah. you're represented out of what state? I have representation in Detroit. I have representation in Orlando, and I have representation in Louisiana. So, and you mentioned that these you you book most of your stuff through taped auditions. Is that right? Oh yeah, video auditions. Yeah. So yep. this is this is probably super interesting for my uh, listeners because many of them are in um, towns where there aren't there isn't that much going on uh, in terms of production. Um, Minnesota. I have a lot of listeners in Minnesota. I actually had a um, a caller. Uh, one of the episodes, one of the previous episodes, was a guy who lives in Detroit. And he was trying to figure out, he wants to make a full-time career out of acting. And he lives in Detroit, and he was trying to figure out how to do it. And so I was seeking some some advice to help him. And then I had a casting director on um, who accepts a lot of taped auditions. Her name's Nancy Bishop, and she does a ton of huge Oh, yeah, projects. Nancy Bishop. She's out in uh, California. Yeah, oh, so you know her. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know her, but I know of her. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, yep. so so she did a she did a um a full episode on taped auditions and I can honestly say that I don't think I've ever booked anything off of a taped audition. Um the only thing with taped auditions is you got it's really the quality. You have to feel like they're there, you know, and then unlike in real time in in real space when you're in the room with the production or with the director or casting director when you're on tape, you're able to make the audition, I feel, a little bit more of, of you. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, and I have to say I'm spoiled because I have an in-house studio and my girlfriend, Kara, she usually reads for me and she's apparently uh occupational therapist slash amazing reader because I've been on a heater the last couple, the last couple of things that I've gone on tape for and booked and she's my reader. And and it puts to show that you know the big hype about you need to have a professional reader. You need to have you know I feel like you just need to have an intelligent reader. You know because they have to read. They have to sound like you're talking to somebody. They have to believe that they're there. The casting director wants to believe that they're in this situation. Right. Huh. So so so, so do you have like lighting set up and everything and like yeah, backdrop I, and everything? Um, I went with like a I got a light gray. Um, paint on a back wall. We yeah. used to have a big pool table in this room and sold the pool table and painted the wall gray. I got a few lights off Amazon. I got the camera from uh, Best Buy, the open box cage over in electronics. I got everything really cheap, man, and it works. Everything I ordered off Amazon Prime, had it in like four days. Killer. Yeah. So these auditions, are you finding these yourself on on the Actors Access or casting networks, or are you getting sent these by your representation? Um, I get sent the ones that I like, for the big shows have definitely been through reps. It's kind of it's hard to get an audition for such a big a big show not through a representation because they right. don't usually post it. They don't usually post it for public. It usually gets posted for reps to see. And uh, but I have booked stuff off of my own submissions and you can just sign up on actors access or casting networks and you just watch the threads, you know, you just look for it and then you submit and you have to have video though. You, you have to have recent recognizable footage 
You have to have it. You have to have really? 30 seconds of something. Even if you get together with someone with a with a with a ten D camera, you know, and you and you shoot it yourself, you have to have it though. Yeah, you have to have some type of footage. And I I actually paid a crew. I mean, I bartered and paid. You know, because this is you know starting out in this business. I was just thankful to be a bartender because it's expensive. You have to get headshots and. If you try to cut your prices going through headshots and going through your reel, it just shows through, you know? Totally. You literally have to put some money into it. Like I said, I was blessed to be in hospitality and bartending. It it all worked out perfect. It totally works. I think um, part of my problem is I kind of see taped auditions as like almost a waste of time. Like I know it isn't, but I have this problem that I have to get over where I see it as like, there's no way I'm going to get this. Like I've never booked anything off a taped audition. I, well, are you uh, are you paying for your taped auditions? I I did once. Uh, the I think the last that, one I did, I, I went to a place and, and did that. That was the that was the worst thing for me because like, and all my tapers have been awesome, and, and a lot of them are my really good friends. But it got to the point where I was spending so much to audition. I was spending thirty five to fifty dollars, sixty dollars, you know. And they yeah. give me breaks. These are my friends. They give me breaks. They'd be like, hey, you got two today. I'll knock off 20 bucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it was, hey, man, I got an audition. Can I pay you next week? And my good buddies were like, yeah, man, no problem. Don't even worry about it. But mm-hmm. uh, that's the that's the hardest part about, about it is, you know, there's not money at the beginning of this, and you have to pay for these auditions, you know? You, you don't have to pay for the live ones, but like Chicago PD. Chicago PD wanted me to be there for a meet and greet with production you know and that's basically like a handshake and they want to meet you you know whether it's they'd want to make sure you're not some you know jerk you know mm-hmm. that you're going to have conflicts with all the cast you know or they just want to make you know they just want to reinforce their decision you know mm-hmm. but i wasn't able to make it so they booked me off tape and nbc's notorious for not doing that. as far as i know they don't really book off tape yeah yeah they want to see you in person Right. But then you, you start throwing some stuff on your resume, and then, you know, people always want a working actor. They don't want someone that's sitting at home, you know. They start seeing stuff pop up on your resume. That's a head turner, too. They find out you're working. Oh, he's working. What is he working on? And then you tell them, and they're like, oh, shit. Hey, yeah. Let's go, with that, let's go with that guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. Got to happen, because that's, that's how I would look at it. Nobody wants to be the first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the more the more work you have, the the easier to book more and, and so forth. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and also the bigger the bigger the parts. I think that it's like, and I could be wrong about this. I don't know this for sure, but um, I think that it's hard to make like a big jump. It's much less likely to make a big jump from say like being having one day on one show to going to be a series regular it's much more likely that it's like you got one day on this show then you got or whatever one episode on this show then you got you know two episodes on this show and then you got five episodes on this show and then you're uh season regular oh yeah oh yeah you you get a lot of co-stars and then you'll get a guest star and then you and then you'll get that and then you'll get that call you know right if you all go right. on tape for something and and sometimes things look small. I've done tape for so many things where it's just been like, you know, one line, two lines, and you get there and you got you got five pages. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're like, oh, okay. Um, right. For instance, Bloodline. I didn't get my dialogue until eleven o'clock the night before. 
Wow. And I had and I had like a like a nine I think a nine AM call. Wow. You know? And we're talking like we're talking like talking like for that day like four pages. You know what I mean? Four or five oh, pages. Shit. So what'd you do? Um, I read it a million times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and just to get there and and we I literally got there and and Kyle Chandler like I've never seen it before, but he snatched the script out of my hand and was like, We're not gonna do this, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do this, this and this. Let's just have fun. And then I mean a lot of it was improv. Yeah, it was good. He's Another one, another person I've just been blessed to work with, you know. That's like an awesome part about this, because you could see how everyone's, you know, it's a collective sport, you know, seven mm-hmm. teammates mm-hmm. to make it go. So, uh, so how, did you go to school for acting? I went to, I was at Western, and I did a lot of stuff in the theater department. Um, after that, I got into a lot of modeling. And then, are you? Do you continue to train? Are you in a class or anything? Or oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's another thing I was gonna say too. That you wanna, <clears throat> no matter where you train at, you wanna switch it up. Because I went to the same workshop for like two years and was like blown away when I switched it up. Yeah, like the workshop that I should work, and I'm very grateful for the workshop that I was in because I mean, helped me with so much stuff. Like so much, so many, so many insecurities, so many, so much blocking, so much tension. You mm-hmm. know, she gave me a list of books, and I, I read the books, and totally, totally helped my game. Totally gave me like I would say it was like my unofficial intro to acting, because like I said, like I really, really, it really hit home that I wanted to do this when I was on set of Iron Man three. You know, to see a big production, you know, yeah. underway. You know, like everyone's moving like fire ants. Everyone's got a job to do. No one's wasting time. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'll say also uh, for the audience that if you're in a class and you've only been in, in one class, you've only been in the same class ever since you started, and it's not like things aren't making sense for you, you, you don't feel like you're getting better and you're getting frustrated and you're thinking, you know, I'm not cut out for this. I'm just this shit does not make sense to me. Get into another class. Because I was in, I've been in a bunch of classes, especially when I first started. And I was like, I just thought like, I don't understand this. Like, I do not understand what I'm supposed to be doing here. This is like not for, like, I, I'm not cut out for this. And then all of a sudden, it took a couple of years. And I just kept going to different classes, different classes. And finally, I got in one where I was like, oh, like all that yeah. other stuff, bullshit. <laughs> or yeah. it just like yeah. wasn't, it wasn't speaking to me. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, I found this guy who like spoke my language and it was just like, yeah. it completely changed the trajectory of my career. And I started booking shit immediately. I mean, we, we, we've lived the similar, we've traveled the similar roads, man. I've, I've just dealt with the same thing. Like yeah. I went from one workshop to another, it's, you know, I went from like a class with 50 people in it to a class with 12 people. in it. Can you think of any, um, like milestones or breakthroughs that happened in your training or in your career where you were just like, all of a sudden something made sense. Yes. Um, I was never able to let go of tension. You know, I'm uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big guy. I lift, I lift weights a lot. I was very, I was very athletic. So my tension was always there. Like I was always, felt always tense and that shows up so much on camera. Like it's just, it'll, it'll, it'll just destroy your whole audition from the ground up. So I feel relieving tension, me, me learning how to relax and doing re- relaxation uh, exercises and methods, and, you know, that that had a huge 
impact huge switch up in my game too. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. That was that is the single biggest thing that that I realized, and my audience will know this because I've, I've talked about this a number of times. But yeah, just like the ability to relax in auditions is like the single most important thing in my opinion. Yes. And nothing is more terrifying than the audition room. I mean, you're walking into a room and people are judging you and you know, they're judging you and anything you, anything you say, you might have a little stutter and then that just wrecks your whole audition. You know, that's, that's another thing to go back. That's another thing I love about the video auditions because my studio is my living room. You know what I mean? Like that's like a part of my common area. Yeah. I'm in it all the time. So when I go in there, I'm comfortable. You know, you, you're sitting in a hallway with 14 other people and you got the dude next to you tapping, the girl next to you reading softly. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, it's like the worst, it's the worst feeling ever. You want to tell everybody, shut up and then you want to walk out and then you don't get a job the other day and you make enemies, you know, like, what do you do? So that's, yeah, it is that's, the most that's, tense situation imaginable. Yeah. And then you have that awkward handshake 50 bump with the casting director, you know? Yep. They don't want to shake your hand because, I mean, nope. everybody that's been in that room has wanted to shake their hand. <laughs> I just feel video auditions, video auditions are where it's at. Catch Justin on Chicago PD tomorrow night, January 20th at 10, 9 central on NBC and on the second half of season six of The Walking Dead and on Netflix's Bloodline season two, all of which he booked from his living room. To see his home auditioning setup go to lee-foster.com and click on the Action Podcast link. Follow Justin on Twitter, at Justin Kuslin, and like his Facebook page. Kuslin is spelled K-U-C-S-U-L-A-I-N. I'm Lee Foster. Thanks for listening.